All right. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good morning. Let's try it again. Good morning, church. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, that was outstanding. Josiah is about to go to Montana State here in a couple of days, seven days now. Uh, so he's actually grown some, some good stuff right here. So that's awesome. It's coming in really well. Uh, hey, again, just to reiterate, if you want to get up, get more coffee, get more to eat, please feel free to do that. Uh, I don't know if you noticed how cool of a church we are. Do you guys know how cool we are? Uh, we actually have Guns N' Roses on the drums uh, today. So would you please stand, Michael? Uh, just uh, Lindsay will appreciate this. Lindsay, woo! Can we get a shot of that? Stay standing. Lindsay is watching at home with the baby. Uh, what a hottie we have here. So guns and roses in the house. Uh, super excited about that. Also, if you're, if you're a mom of preschoolers, we have mops. Uh, big kickoff kicking off this Tuesday from 9 to 11. It's just a meet and greet. You don't have to RSVP. You don't have to do anything. Just show up. There's going to be a bouncy house, food, coffee. The church will be set up the way we're hosting uh, the first and third Tuesday of every month. Uh, and so the the preview is this Tuesday. So even if you're like, whoa, we have kids way older than that. If you know someone that's got preschoolers, uh, please uh, let them know that it's going on here. Also, if you want to stop in to meet the leadership, maybe you're thinking about helping, uh, being part of the, uh, the team there, we'd love to include you. It's a ministry of this church. It's not something on the side we're doing. This truly is a ministry of what we're doing. So <clears throat> super excited about that. Uh, a couple quick things that we want to get to. Number one, would you please stand if you're ready for fall. Yeah, see, we're figuring out who really likes summer, who really likes fall. Okay, have a seat. Uh, hamburgers or pizza? If you'd rather have pizza, please stand. Oh. Please feel free to judge. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Have a seat. Now, this is a controversial one. Twizzlers or red vines? Okay, so we're going to go Twizzlers. If you'd rather have Twizzlers rather than a red vine. Look at this crew. Wow. Josh, are you, are you in for that? Okay, have a seat. And finally, are you ready for this? Would you rather have a nice big salad or something completely unhealthy for yourself? So if you'd rather just have a nice big salad rather than something unhealthy, please stand. Salad people. Oh, all right. Now, stay standing. For those of you who know these people, are they telling the truth? All right. Salad people. Wonderful. Have a seat. We're all different. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but we, we're all different. Uh, we have different lifestyles. We have different backgrounds. Uh, most people, let's do this one. How many of you are Colorado natives? Stand up. Holy smokes, look around the room. These are the freaks. All right, all right, so not many. So we're all different. We come from different states, different cities. We have different family environments. We're different. We have different likes. We have different tastes. Uh, and yet, God somehow brings us all together as a family. He, he says, I want you to be in relationship with one another. We're, we're kicking off this series called Purpose. And the reason for this as we get ready to launch into the fall is we want to make sure you understand you have a place here. That not only do you have a place here, you have a place in the kingdom of God. It's even more important. And what we want to do is we want to unpack what our mission is, what, what our mission statement is, what that means for you, what our priorities are. For, for some of you, you've been coming for a couple of weeks, some of you a couple of months, some of you have been watching us all throughout the COVID season, and you're now attending on, 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 in person, but also online. And we want to make sure that we're all on the same page because differences don't mean bad. Can we be okay with that? We can vote differently. We can have different views on things differently. We can have different views on masks and no masks and schools and, 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 and careers. We can be different, and that's okay. We should actually highlight that. And so we're going to dive into this uh, series, and we're going to cover four primary areas. Number one, uh, that we want to help you as a church. We want to help you connect with God. Number two, we want you to uh, grow in your faith. Number three is we want to help you serve others. And number four, we want to help you share the gospel. We're unapologetic about all of those. Why? Because that's what you need to grow. So good to see you back. 
Uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to dive in this morning to this first one, connecting with uh, God. Maybe this is new to you, this idea of a mission statement. If you think about it, everywhere you go, there's a mission statement. Sports, uh, uh, you know, the NFL's in preseason, which I'm super excited about. Every sports team has a mission statement. Every Fortune 500 company has a mission statement. Uh, military, different military divisions have mi mission statements. It's everywhere, and so does the church. And even a small church like us, we have a mission statement. And we might be small, but the mission statement that we have is shaping everything that we do. It's also shaping every dollar we spend. It shapes the time that we pour into uh, this church. It's all around this mission. And it comes from Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 19 through 20. And I'll just read it for you here real quickly. It's not even on the screen. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, therefore, don't sit, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments that I've given you. And be sure of this. This is so good. Be sure of this. I am with you always. I, I, to the very end of the age. Sorry, Lord. Um, but I want to capitalize on this. I am with you always. For some of you, you're going through some really difficult things. For, for some of you, you're about to launch into the new school year. Uh, professors, teachers, students, etc. And And maybe you're feeling alone. Maybe you're feeling some anxiety. Maybe you're feeling the newness. I am with you always, says the Lord. He loves you. He's crazy about you. You're not in your marriage alone. You're not in teaching alone. You're not in your business alone. You're not in going through hard times alone. God is with you. And here's our mission statement. Our mission is to equip every single person to take the next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's what we so desire. We, you know, we sing that church, uh, we sing that song about the church, and, and I love the church. I love God's bride. Are we broken? Yes. Are we weird? Yes. Do we do things to hurt one another? Yes. Is there a lot of reasons to point fingers? Yes to all of those. But boy, do I love his church. Are you with me? This is who we are. This is why you're sitting here. Because we're part of his church. We're part of his kingdom. That's who we are. And the mission that we have as a church is to equip people both here locally and all around the world to be more fully devoted to him. And that's our commitment to you, is we're going to plan, we're going to program, we're going to preach, we're going to do worship, we're going to do everything we can to push you and to bring you to a place where you're a more fully devoted follower of Jesus. Now, here's the deal with discipleship. Uh, we're not following Jesus unless we're taking action. I just want you to sit on that for just a moment. We're not following Jesus unless we take action to what we're following. In other words, if I say, all right, everybody, to the backyard, come with me, and I walk out this door and no one's with me, are you really following if I say, hey, uh, what we're going to do is this. We're going to take care of the foster kids. And, and it's just me and Alex at the foster care Christmas party. Are you really following? Following takes action. Now, don't get confused with faith and works. This is not that issue. It's an issue of if you trust, if you believe, if you're following, you'll do something about it. It's the, the idea of if someone says, oh, I would totally go with you uh, to go parachuting. Any of you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Raise your hand. How many of you absolutely no way would you jump out of an airplane? Yeah, me neither. Like, that just sounds ridiculous. But if I say, yeah, let's go do that. I'm with you, and we research, and we buy gear, and we do all this stuff, and then it's the day of, and I don't get on the plane? Am I really following you to go do this ridiculously stupid thing? Sorry for those of you who are parachuters. No, I'm not following. So for us, discipleship, we're not following. In fact, someone once said, apathy is for cows, not for people. 
Again, if you're a cow lover, sorry. But if you go watch a cow, they don't do anything. They stand there. And every now and then they'll go to shade, they'll go to water, and then they'll go back to their spot to what? Yeah, they're going to stand. And, and if you leave and go do something and come back, they're still going to be standing there. They'll look down, they'll eat, they'll swing their tail and hit a fly, but they're not going to do anything. Apathy is for cows, not for people. And it's certainly not for the follower of Jesus Christ. Now I'm preaching to the choir, you're here. You've taken action. You got up this morning, presumably put on deodorant, uh, got dressed, drove here, didn't get a ticket. Anybody get a ticket? Awesome. Uh, you're here, you took action to come to church. You took action in your faith, so I applaud you. But there's more to be had. True disciples of Jesus will follow, imitate, and replicate everything that Jesus did. Alicia this morning, and, and this is a little commercial, uh, we meet here every, mor every Sunday morning at 9.15 for prayer, and Alicia leads us so wonderfully. And Alicia talked about all these elements of, of the character of the church, of who we are as Christ followers, forgiving, merciful, joyful, helpful, you name it. Why? Because that's Jesus. We read about him. We, we read about this King of kings and Lord of lords. And we're motivated not by the law, but by love. Love for one another. Now, I, I would presume that there's at least one person in this room you don't know. Is that a safe assumption? That's fair. Every single Sunday, that, that would be the case. And especially for those of you online, you would know a lot of these people if you've never stepped foot in church. But you're a part of us. You're a part of this family. You're a part of this growing kingdom of God here on earth. But we love, even if we don't know. I'll give you an example. If you go out into the parking lot after service and someone's struggling, I would assume none of you would just walk right past that person because you don't know them. You would love them. You'd care for them. Now, you might not have a clue how to help, but you'd still love them and, and get them the help that they need. And so today, we're jumping in with this idea of we are the church. We are Rock Creek Church. And there's nothing special about us. Let's just make that abundantly clear. There's nothing special about Rock Creek Church other than Jesus. We are everyday people. We do things when God prompts us to do those things, but we do them together. We do them with purpose. We, we do them with the intention to see more people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. So what I wanna talk this morning about is probably the most important part of discipleship, and that is disciples connect with God. If you're taking notes uh, if you have your Bibles open, we're going to have several passages. There's Bibles all over in the seats in front of you. I would love for you to both open your Bible, but please bring your Bible. Uh, open it up, lay it on your lap, mark it up, highlight it, circle it, uh, draw arrows, whatever it might be. And if you're using the electronic version, all the power to you, use that as well. But please have the Word of God uh, opened up for you. Uh, now, let me ask a question before we dive in too deep. How many of you have heard the popular, popular phrase, you do you? Anybody hear that? You do you. This, this is a, a statement that gained popularity in the Gen Z uh, population. And, and if you're wondering if you're part of the Gen Z, if you should be guilty of this, it's for people born after 1999, Okay. That's when it really kind of took off is that Gen Z. All right, yeah. No. Okay. All right. So you do you. It's just a modern day version of be yourself. Now all of us have heard something like that. Just be yourself. We tell our kids that. We send them off to school. Just be you. Just be yourself. Don't worry about trying to be someone you're not. Just be you. And there's a lot of truth to that, but there's a lot of pain that comes with that as well, especially when we're trying to figure out what does it mean to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus? That phrase doesn't quite work very well. In fact, let me make it even more powerful. That statement is awful. It is not you be you. 
for so many different reasons. Because that expression prides itself on an individual expression. And we were never created, whether you believe in God or not, we were never created for individualism, ever. It was never the plan. It does not work in any form of life. It is the mantra of an entire culture that is telling the world that it is solely their right to decide and declare what's right and best for me. And we have more pain and more heartache than we've ever had before. It's just a bunch of hogwash. And we're gonna understand this as we dive into that because what we're doing is we're not pointing fingers at culture. What we're doing is we're exposing light to the culture. We're shining light on culture. Here's the deal. I'm gonna just read this because I don't wanna screw it up. Encouraging people to be uniquely themselves and to stand up for the the right, see, I I didn't wanna screw it up, so I read it. (laughs) Encouraging people to be uniquely themselves and to stand up for the right things is not only good, but it's biblical. Now, you might be sitting there going, wait a second, you just said two different things. I did, on purpose, because it is biblical to stand up for the right things and to become the full version of how God has uniquely created you. But notice what the controlling factor there is. God, not you. And so this mantra of UBU has certainly done some good. It's, it's empowered people to stand up for what we believe in and, and take a stand for what is right. There is some good that has come with that, but there is more bad uh, in creating these narcissistic individualism, look at myself roots. And it has invaded even into the church is we just think about me. Uh, a prime example, and we're gonna be pushing this over the next several weeks, is we're gonna ask you before you leave the service today and for the next several weeks, before you, uh, when Alex says, uh, go in peace and you all stand up, before you turn to your neighbor or your friend or before you get out of Dodge and, and drive away, would you please introduce yourself to someone you don't know? Would you, would you help create community? Why? Because we all want it. We all desire it. I don't care if you're the youngest of young or the oldest of old. We all desire this community. The worst part of this statement, this self-expression, has become this untouchable law. You do you, but don't say anything about me being me. See the problem with that? Think about this statement. If I come to you, hey man, you be you, but don't you dare say anything about me being me. What that leaves me and what it leaves you is myself. Now, some of you may be like squared away and dialed in and you can be you without failure. God bless you. The vast majority of the human beings on this planet can't be that. They need other people to speak into their life. They need you uh, to have someone pull you aside and go, hey, you're being knucklehead. Knock it off. Hey, you're dating that idiot. You need to break up with him. He treats you poorly. Uh, Hey, you're like, you're spending an awful lot of money. Debt is of the enemy. Don't keep going into debt. We need people to speak into our lives. We can't just operate on an individual basis. Why? Because we must connect with God. In fact, I would say one of the most dangerous things, if you are a follower of Jesus, one of the most dangerous things you could do day in and day out is connect with you and not with God. Because if you are connecting with you, you are in deep trouble. You will not grow closer to the Lord you will not continue to grow in your faith. You will not meet other people. You will not experience the adventure and the excitement that comes with following Jesus. It won't be had. Conversely, if you are connecting with God, all of those things and more are available at your fingertips, day in, day out, minute by minute. But it's a choice. 
the truth is, the more that we focus on us, the more broken our lives end up becoming. Because isn't you be you what got us into this mess? Think back to Adam and Eve. You be you, Eve. You be you, Adam. Don't let anyone else dictate for you. You be you. That's what got us into this chaos called sin. It's what brought Jesus to the cross. We, we are living in this day now. If the book of Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new each and every day. It's right. Because if you look to the book of Kings, what does it say? Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Does that sound familiar? That's our culture today. And it continues to seep into the church. Do what's right for you. Doesn't work. What started as a movement of individualism has developed into isolationism. Uh, Dennis, Dr. Dennis Kinlaw is the former president of Asbury College, and he said this once. Look at the screen. Satan disguises submission to himself under the ruse of personal autonomy. He never asks us, meaning the enemy, he never asks us to become his servants. Never once did Satan say to Eve, I want to be your master. This shift in commitment is never from Christ to evil. It is always from Christ to self. And instead of God's will, self-interest now rules, and what I want reigns. And that is the essence of sin. There's some really smart people that have walked this planet. I read that this week, and man, I just read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. You could grab most of our world problems, most of our personal problems, most of our struggles in life, you could attach that to this statement. And we've said this for a long time. I've said it several times on this stage. God's not out to make you evil. Satan doesn't want Satan worshipers, much to our surprise in the church. It's not his goal. His goal is just to distract you. And his number one way to distract is to think me. I. My. And, and fill in the blank with whatever we're talking about. The true hap answer to happiness and freedom is not to look further within ourselves. It's to look further within Christ. That's, that's how we find ourselves. That's how we find the essence of the church. That's how we find a greater marriage. That's how we find a, a greater purpose for those of you college students, for, for some of you young adults that are, are, are starting families and we're gonna dedicate your child up here. And guess what? We get to give them back to you and then you get to go home with them. You will find greater purpose, greater strength, greater determination, not by sitting down and thinking more within, but by going to the God of all creation. That created parenting. That's what God designs. But it requires submission, and we don't want to submit. We want to fight that. We want to push against ourselves. But our call is to look at something outside of ourselves. Philippians chapter three, if you have your Bibles, let's look at that one. Philippians chapter three, verse eight. Indeed, this is out of the ESV version. Uh, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish. We need to bring that word back into the English language more often. In order that I might gain Christ, indeed, I count everything as loss. What does that mean? Does that mean that everything you have in your life is worth nothing because Christ is more important? No, that, don't, don't read into this. What it means is everything in my life will lead to loss. The only thing that will lead to gain is Christ. But that doesn't mean those things are worthless they're gifts from God. It's a, great, it's a great thing. But we don't hold them as life-giving. 
We don't hold them as things that are our foundation. The foundation that we have as Christ followers is Christ, is the word of God. And it's with one another, it's, it's together that this is most powerful. The church, together. If you came and, and served at the foster care Christmas party, you experienced some of that. It was amazing to serve together. It's awful to serve all by yourself. If you get stuck out on a bouncy house, some of you got that unfortunate task. You get stuck out on the bouncy house and we've got like six acres of land here and it was hotter than blazes. So, and, and sometimes there were no kids, but you had to stay stationed in case there was a kid. It's awful to just stand there and wait for a kid to come over. It's not fun. But you add two or three people, at least one of them that has some sense of humor, then it's fun to serve together because it's not fun to be all by ourselves. Self-expression and isolationism is not the true path to freedom. It's a dead end. Look what Romans chapter seven, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. It's in the newer, uh, New, New Testament, second half of the Bible. Uh, Romans chapter seven, starting at verse 18. This one's gonna be a little bit longer. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Amen? For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Let's pause just for a second. This is an important thing that Paul brings to light. Sometimes we can beat ourselves up because of our sin. Stop it. Stop beating yourself up because of sin. This makes it abundantly clear. It's not we who are doing it, it's the sin that lives within us. Christ died for you, he loves you. He thinks you're incredibly special. He thinks you're worth dying for. So. Be easy on yourself. I tell my kids this all the time. Give yourself some grace. Be patient with yourself. And for some of you, especially if you're batting a, battling a habitual sin, just be patient and kind to yourself. Sometimes it takes a while to root that sin out. And then by the time you think you've got it fully rooted out and it's gone for good, boom, it sprouts again. We gotta keep weeding, but be gentle with yourself. All right. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law in my inner being, but I see my members, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And this is predominantly found in individualism. The more that we isolate, the more we just think I, the more that we just do my world, the more sin sprouts up on a regular basis, and that's not fun. Freedom is found only connecting with God through Christ. The world says happiness is a self-expression. Jesus says it's a self-denial. That's how you find happiness. Now, we're not gonna go super far like the monks used to do where they'd lock themselves in bird cages because we wanna do self-denial and more of Christ. We, we've thankfully come better with our theology on God's view of humanity but there is this idea of self-denial. What does self-denial look like? I wanna do this, I know it's sinful, slap your own hand. Better yet, if you're in community, ask someone else to slap your hand and give them permission when they see you tiptoeing into sin to slap it, don't even ask your permission. Why? Because we need each other. I need you. You need the people in your row. They're incredibly beautiful. Look at them. Most. We need each other. 
Look at uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Uh, and he said this to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Notice this. If anyone's going to come after me, it doesn't say just sit down and think it. Man, would life be easier. <laughs> but Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him or her deny himself, take up his cross daily, not once, not when you accept Jesus, not at Christmas, not at Easter, uh, not just on Sunday mornings, let him take up his cross daily and what? Follow me. That means you follow Jesus into your classroom if you're a teacher. God bless our teachers. Can we amen to that? Yes. Man, alive, so thankful for teachers. I, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for teachers. I, f I firmly believe that. It means you take Christ with you into the classroom. It means you take Christ into your marriage when you get home. It means you take Christ into your workplace or a meeting that you've got coming up. Or, or for some of you, you're going back to college or going to college for the first time. You're bringing Christ with you. Not into just some things, into everything. We have, a, we have a memorial coming up this Saturday, this Saturday night for a young man, young 16-year-old. And I, and I sat here during worship, and, and man, you guys sound beautiful. That's not tongue-in-cheek. You really do sound amazing when you sing as a church. It is awesome. And, and I sat there, and I listened to just the praises, and I could hear the kids playing, and Teddy's up here getting himself nauseous, spinning and dancing, and, and like, it's just so wonderful to be the church. And yet, in six days, there will be a very different tone in here. But we bring Jesus into that. That's what we do. Even in heartache. And there's no shortage of heartache going around the world today. Uh, Alicia gave us great advice. Don't turn on the news. There's a lot of heartache going around in our world, both locally and abroad. But we bring Jesus into that heartache. We bring that hope. We bring that encouragement. When we surrender our identities to Christ and we follow him, we finally become free. And friends, that's all we hope. As a leadership of this church, we just want you to be free. We just want you to be free from your sin. We want you to be free from heartache. We want you to be free from your anxiety with Christ. Does that mean when you accept Christ that everything just becomes hunky-dory? No. No, but there's freedom only found in Christ. And we want that for you. The world says, you do you. God says, I want you to be mine. That's tough sledding. God says, I want you to be mine. And in order to do this effectively, we must stay connected with God. And we do that in part by one another. One of the primary ways we stay connected with God is in relationship. I stay connected with God in relationship with Tanner and Alex. I do. By their faith, their excitement, their passion, I stay connected with God. And it's great. I, a lot of you don't know this. I can be extroverted, but I'm an introvert. In other words, I have to have my own time if I'm going to utilize my extroverted nature. Does that make sense? If I don't have my alone time, I can't lead. I can't be obnoxiously wild. I can't be excitable. I can't lead my family. I have to have a little bit of my own time. But I can't stay there. And for some of you, you need to hear this, albeit in love. Some of you need to push past isolationism because it's scary, it's confusing, it's awkward, it's not fun. I understand all of that, but it's not good for you to stay alone. That's why we have life groups. Life groups are coming up. Uh, we're gonna have life groups all over the place. Why? Because you all are all over the place. Uh, so we're gonna have them in Thornton. We're gonna have them in Erie. We're gonna have them in Broomfield. We're gonna have them in Superior. We're gonna have them all over the place. And we want you to get involved in a life group. Why? Because you need it. 
because you need to be with a group of people who love you and are passionate to help see you stay connected with God. That'll go through your highs and your lows. That's why we have the Vine. The, the Vine Women's Ministry had a phenomenal night at the Russos. Russos have a killer backyard. Man, you guys have rocked it in the backyard. Jeez, Louise. Um, so if you want a little staycation, just you don't even have to ask them. Just go in their backyard. Um, pitch a tent and hang out. Um, they'll just assume you're with the church. Anyway, the Vine had a great potluck the other night over at the Russo's house. Just wonderful seeing women connecting with each other. I just want to push you women, please get connected with this ministry. It's amazing. Our men, we're in the process of, of talking about things that we're going to be doing this fall. Youth ministry is kicking off. Children's ministry is launching. So much is happening. Why? Because we need to be together doing these things. Grant and Amy are, are uh, heading up our outreach and missions program going in. We're having some serious talks on how do we do outreach and missions even in the midst of COVID. But it's happening, and not for an individual, for us together, most notably as a family. We want to provide opportunities for you to serve as a family with other families. Why? Because we need each other. And because we need each other and because once we get connected with one another, we get more connected with God. It just happens. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it's often used as a, a wedding verse. Um, sappy, lovey-dovey, kind of like Valdez type stuff. Uh, here's what it says, though. Two are better than one. Little side note. <laughs> Little side note. If uh, just go home and Google two minutes in heaven are better than one minute in heaven. Okay, back to the verse. All right, two are better than one because they have a good, don't Google it now. Because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. And we fall, amen? Sorry, am I alone? Amen. amen, we fall. We just do. We do things we shouldn't. We know we shouldn't, but we do it, and we fall. Two are better than one because they will have good reward for their toil. For they, if, they, if, they, if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. That's a lonely place to be. Again, if two lie together, they will keep warm. Now it's starting to get a little lovey-dovey. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three-fold cord is not quickly or easily broken. You need Jesus. You need other people in your life. You need people who will support you in your walk with Jesus. You need people who will support you in your relationships. You need people to come beside you as you parent. Why? Because parenting's a piece of cake. <laughs> Says no one. You need people to support you. As a teacher, you're going back to school. These next two weeks are gonna be a little crazy before you figure out a routine. You need people to come alongside you and say, thank you for what you're doing. We appreciate you. We love you. Is there anything we can do? We need that in our lives. And we need God to do that for us as well. Jesus taught us that if we're gonna be true disciples, not just Christians in belief, we cannot live in isolation. Our commitment to God is lived out in relationships with others. That's why, that's why Jesus makes such a big deal about his bride, about his church. There is not a church on this planet that has one member. Think about it. The pastor doesn't just show up and stand in a room by himself and preach and then run down and yell amen and then get back up and, and announce a potluck and then go get food and come eat it by himself. We don't exist by ourselves. We exist for one another and for one, the king of kings. That's why we have breath. That's why we're here. We often, any of you uh, 
Some of you are old enough. You guys remember the old black and white Lone Ranger? Raise your hand if you remember. Man, I, uh, I used to watch that on a regular basis as a kid, mostly at my grandparents. And we used to look up to individuals. Uh, even Marvel Comics has gotten this. It started out with like Iron Man. He's amazing. Now I can't even name all the Marvel people. They, they create a new Marvel character it, seemingly every month. Spider person, spider woman. Isn't that one? Black Widow. I was right. What do you mean I'm not? That was completely right. Spider woman, she is a, a woman who's a black widow, right? Yeah, so I'm so right. Anyway... Marvel's even figured this out. Let's have more characters. Why? Because they need each other. You need men around you. Guys, you're not cool enough. You're not strong enough. Hunter, a Sunday is never good unless we can pick on Hunter. You need other men in your life. Young men, if you've just gotten married, you need other men in your life. Why? Because you're going to jack up your marriage. You just will. Now, it might not be life-changing, but there will be moments where you step in it, and you're going to need an older man to pull you aside and go, hey, stupid, knock it off. And guess what? You don't grow out of that. Even when you're older, and several of you are, you would say a hearty amen, we still need each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, do not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Do not neglect meeting together. Your version might say, uh, do not stop meeting together. It's our command. It's who we are. Do you know the church is mentioned 114 times in the New Testament? 114 times the church comes from a two-part Greek word, ekklesia. It means to be called out from. It's like when the kids are outside and you call them to come in and your kids probably come the first time. You call them out from outside into the house, ekklesia, out from outside of God's love and grace and mercy into his kingdom, ekklesia, the church. The most interesting of those 114 times is 90 of those references were to group gatherings. Think about that. 114 times the church mentioned, 90 of them in a group setting. In police work, they call that a clue. It means something. And listen, disciples of Jesus have been called out from the world and connected to one another as believers to serve and to be served, challenge and challenge others, and to band together in fellowship. That's who we are. That's why we exist. That was God's plan all along. One of the most impactful human experiences on earth is the feeling of being known. That's why cheers, if you remember the old... Some of you giggled. You're old enough to remember cheers. Think about that. That was like 35 years ago that show came on, so just remember how old you are. People want to be known. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 tells us, before God formed you in the womb, he knew you. You know that God of all creation knew you before he formed earth? You know how big earth is? I don't. <laughs> I know it's round. Anybody know how many miles around it is? Derek Carpenter was here. He'd know. Earth is big before the foundation of the world. That's just earth. Now go to universe and galaxies. And if my boys were here, they would explain all this space stuff to me. The world is huge. And before God even formed that, he knew your name. That's how special you are. I love that. 
Oh, sweetie. I'm a sucker for other people's babies. I'm just kidding. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. And here's what Jesus says. They listen to my voice and what? I know them. And they follow me. I'm not going to highlight the fact that you're a sheep, but if the shoe fits. But here's the most important thing. God knows you everything. Your highs, your lows, your fears, your worries, your concerns, your excitement, your struggles, your doubts, your worries. He knows all of that. And even knowing all of that, he says, come on in. Come on in. I can't wait to talk with you. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to spend time with you. I I can't wait to see you grow into the person that I've always wanted you to be. (laughs) God is really cool, if you don't know. And the reason we stay connected with God is not that we know him. That's not the primary purpose but because he knows us. That's why we stay connected with God. Because if he didn't know us and we were alone knowing about him, he would turn to us and sadly, the Bible says this will happen uh, at judgment day. He will turn to some and say what? I didn't even know you. May that never be said of anyone who goes to this church. May that not be said of anyone who declares their allegiance to Jesus. We need one another to stay connected. Reverend Billy Graham once said this, church members are like coals of fire. When they cling together, they keep the flames aglow. But when they separate, they die out. That's a good one if you're gonna take a picture. We wanna help you connect with God. We wanna live out our mission statement in a way that's helping you connect with the God of all creation. In creative ways, amazing ways, quiet ways, subtle ways, we wanna help you take a step. And for some of you, that's a baby step, that's inches. That's just finding a Bible. For other of you, uh, others of you, it's a mighty jump. We need life group leaders. We need people who will host life groups. You can see Alex, if you're interested in any of those, Alex is leading up our life groups. We need leaders to say, I'm not just gonna be a part of a life group, I'll help lead one. I have no idea what that is, but I'm in, Alex. Teach me, what do you, whatever you need. And it includes these five steps. I'm just gonna, this is gonna flash on the screen. If you want to connect with God better on a regular basis, I'm going to give you these steps. Number one, be you, but in Christ. Don't be you. You can't trust you. Be you in Christ. Number two, stay in the Word of God. Here's the great thing. If you stay in the Word of God, you'll recognize His voice more clearly, going back to the verse in John. My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. You'll be able to follow more clearly if you stay in the word of God. You'll understand and and recognize his voice. Number three, pray often. It's a relationship. Talk to him. Even if you don't wanna talk to him, tell him that. Even if you don't like prayer, the amount of times that I have told God, God, I'm bored praying. Guess what? He can handle whatever you pour on his shoulders. The cross proved it. I've told God, God, I can't stay awake reading your Bible, especially trying to get through some of the Old Testament books. I'm trying, but I'm tired of reading about cubits. I've had that conversation with God. He can handle it. Just talk to him. It's a relationship. If you're scared about something, how many of you have have prayed more about this stupid virus than talk to your friends and family and coworkers or, or post it online? He wants you to talk to him about it. Number four, stay in relationship with the church. We need each other. We've made that clear. And number five, serve him with your passions and your skills. 
we're launching so many things here in the fall, we need your help. But listen, we need people to help with kids. If you're sitting here going, I just hate kids, please don't sign up for our children's ministry. Seriously, if, if you still think a mouse gets plugged in by a wire to a computer, please don't sign up for tech. If you, if you hate talking to new people, it just makes you wanna crawl into a hole, don't sign up for our greeting team. That's okay. We're all different. But we all have to work together to stay connected if we're gonna accomplish this mission statement. Let's pray. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Lord, your verse in the scriptures say, for you so loved the world that you gave your son, Jesus Christ. This world is so unlovely. It's so unlovable with human eyes. And yet, if we, if we view the world, if we view relationships, if we view people, if we view the church with your lens, it's so worth it. It's so lovable. And there's not a single person that is here or watching online that is a mistake. They are not here by mistake. They are not in existence by mistake. You are the perfect creator, the giver and the sustainer of life. Even as we hear babies and kids on the other side of that wall, you created all of this and you love it. And you designed us to then worship you because of it, together. And so, Lord, as we head into this series of purpose and next week looking about how to grow faith, would you speak to us? Would you reveal yourself to us? Would you empower us? Would you protect those who are going back to school, teaching, students, administrators, janitors? Protect them, have your hand upon them. For our first responders, for for doctors and nurses and, and admin in those clinics for fire departments and police departments your hand of mercy and protection in this country would you be with them for marriages strengthen them for finances for abuses for addictions would you be sovereign? We trust you because you're the only being worth it. You're the only essence that is worth our trust. And so we give it to you freely this morning. And as we get ready to worship in response, as Alex continues to push us, may it be our response collectively to blow this roof off in praise to the King of kings and Lord of lords.